If you're ready to elevate your level of care and professional satisfaction, register today for the trusted DPC event that can help get you where you want to go. With three physician-led tracks focusing on starting a DPC practice, growing a DPC practice, and clinical expertise within a DPC practice, the Direct Primary Care Summit has content for anyone no matter where you are in your DPC journey. The DPC Summit is happening June 20th to 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Learn more and register today at dpcsummit.org. Direct Primary Care is an innovative alternative path to insurance-driven healthcare. Typically, patients pay their doctor a low monthly membership and, in return, build a lasting relationship with their doctor and have their doctor available at their fingertips. DPC for me is freedom for each physician to find their own optimal version of independent health practice. I am Dr. Marga Zaraga of Genera Health Direct, and this is my DPC story. Dr. Marga Zaraga graduated with a degree in medicine from the University of the Philippines College of Medicine. She took her residency in family medicine at the Brooklyn Hospital Center in New York City, and after living in Illinois and New York, she settled in Massachusetts. She opened up her DPC doors in June of 2019. Welcome, Dr. Zaraga. Thank you so much for having me. You started your DPC while also working for a nursing home where you were unfortunately exposed to COVID. And that is a, a, a big fear that a lot of us have given the nature of our job during this pandemic, especially if you are in solo practice. You have said to others since your experience to use this pandemic to our advantage and frame it in a way that can make or break you. Tell us how your COVID exposure helped push you forward. Thank you starting me off on, on that uh, note, because that's already the meat of the message that I wanted to say. So to to straighten out some facts, um, like you said, I started my DPC practice in June of 2019, Massachusetts, and I was still working as a um, part-time employee as a nursing home doctor. Um, admitting patients from the hospital and taking care of long-term care patients. So I did that side by side to give myself time to build a a panel and as well as um, secure my finances. During the pandemic, um, you know, the struggle was for a contracted doctor. We have these... um, we have these terms of employment where, um, you know, upon this date, then this is what will happen and so forth. So I had to, you know, sort that all out, lawyers and everything. And uh, it wasn't, it was, it was a big mental load, um, um, untangling myself from even the part-time employment job, Maybe because I also value relationships a lot and I've never, one of the things that I'm very proud about is I've never left a job position in, I always wanted to leave it in a good manner, which segues right into the pandemic. Um, They were aware that I was leaving in 30 days vis-a-vis the news of the pandemic um, was coming up and short. PPE shortages, you know, lots of stress on the staff. And also, (laughs) just tuning back into those days, being ridiculed and, um, you know, I wouldn't say shamed, but made fun of by some staff members who had no idea what COVID was at the time. Because my nurse practitioner, practitioner and I would come in in full garb. When I say full garb, it wasn't actually full garb. It was uh, my scrubs my um, winter hat and my um, N95, which some people uh, found entertaining, which I, I particularly 
really felt sore about that people were making fun of it at the time. And of course, um, it happened on April 1 that um, I got one phone call to see one person ahead of everybody else. And within the span of an hour, I diagnosed four positive COVID cases, which is quite memorable and I would say to an extent traumatizing. Um, And was this after which with the shortage of PPE, we had to sort out what the next thing to do should be. And we consulted our agency, the one that I was supposed to resign from. Um, and they basically said that I'm, I qualified to be quarantined because I came in contact with patients who are positive. So quickly launched into telehealth for a few weeks. The biggest impact on me was I was just preparing financially to be fully uh, on my own with my practice and other stints that I put together. And so basically, I... I I knew that nothing could happen ideally, but it's just quite unfortunate that the whole mental load of the pandemic came along with it. And at that moment, you know, given this was such a highly anticipated time, you know, there there are these key moments that I I can't forget where, you know, I, I take several, I call them clearing breaths. That's what I teach my clients. Uh, you You take several clearing breaths and you say like, uh, this could go either way, um, and this absolutely, I absolutely have to drive this in a way that I thrive. I don't. I was just, surviving was not a question to me, um, you know, because I felt like when you make a decision that um, that this is going to get done no matter what, um, and I and what's worked for me. Um, because it's obviously true to my own truth or reality and my passion. I think about my children and I think about my dreams and aspirations for them. And it's very easy to well up in tears when I think about, you know, what the sacrifices my family made, both my in-laws and my own biological parents. Everybody made sacrifices to have to support me and my husband in migrating to America. And everybody, even my brother, sister-in-law, you know, living apart from family, um, bridging together childcare, you know, that all kind of like replays in your head. The the thought of failing at opening my private practice, like this was for my kids. Um, It uh, was this day, this is part of the big dream to get them to like the next level. And you know, that that was like my driving truth. And everything else, you know, had had to be done and had to be followed. Um lot lot of stress on our marriage, you know, like it's um it was a new way of being. Like we're used to being employed and having routine checks coming in, um, scheduled checks rather, pay. But now, like, we have to watch every single thing. And it's, it's, it's uncomfortable. You, you know how couples have a hard time discussing finances, checking in, what are we spending, when should we spend it? It's not comfortable. But, you know, you always have to, you know, drill, drill down and from that spirit be able to communicate. And it wasn't easy. But thankfully, as I said, that you know, touching on family life and how I pulled myself together. Um, And uh, I mean, there was a plan. So I worked the plan, plan the work, work the plan. So yeah, that's, that's a lot for a first, uh, first what, how many minutes have we done? (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, I, I, in terms of minutes, I, you can't put, you can't put a number to what you just shared. I think that, you know, the, the, the quote that I'm going to pull from what you just said, surviving was not a question for me. That is something where you've put in into a succinct sentence, how a lot of us feel these days, when it comes to the unknown of this pandemic, when it comes to protecting ourselves and our families, the idea of we have to survive, we have to make it through this is, is, is paramount to how we all act. 
And that's, you know, you have come from a place where uh, out of even, a, you know, a portion that was painful when people were making fun of you for wearing PPE and protecting yourself, you have, yeah. <laughs> you have moved beyond that and have shifted your focus to what truly matters to you and your yes. family. I, I applaud you for that. Uh, it's not, it's not an easy experience, uh, what you described, but you have continued to be successful despite that. One of the things that you have become impassioned with is incorporating personal coaching and wellness. Can you tell us about how you incorporate wellness into your practice? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Your calls for more content have not fallen on deaf ears. I am so excited to announce the My DPC Story Patreon community. Delve into exclusive full-length interviews with pioneers like Dr. Niti Kapoor, our inaugural physician guest, and get further enlightening insights from our current season's doctors, starting with Dr. Harpreet Sui. Hear our guests share even more, from their worst days to their best days and everything in between. Get access to this treasure trove of conversations and more by joining our My DPC Story community now. Check out the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash my DPC story fan. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash my DPC story fan. Yes, yes. Thank you for all of that. Um, I first wanted to respond to how you said uh, thriving no matter what, thriving in adversity, uh, that resonates a lot with me on a daily basis. The I attended um, all these uh, self-improvement classes over the span of the last two years when I started practice. And one of the recent ones, uh, the speaker quoted um, like a wealthy gentleman in his anecdotes about having your success independent of whatever else is going around or going on. And that, that captured my imagination and um, represented my motivation that if other people can do this, I want to be able to operate on that vibe where because I'm centered and because of my belief system that I've wired in, Whatever's in my environment, whoever that may be or whatever that may be, pandemic or not, there is a source that you can plug into that will have you operate in a way that is not dependent on anything else but your value system. So that's, that's um, I wanted to just elaborate more on that point that helps me um, on a day-to-day basis, Um, which is a nice segue to how did I come from uh, employed position to private practice, direct primary care model, and now exploring wellness in what I call a guidance and coaching practice. So initially when we launched the direct primary care, when I was um, part-time direct primary care, part-time employed, I involved, um, I would say, a board. Uh, I, I created a genera board of non-physicians, um, two friends who had strong marketing and business background, advertising, and my husband, who is an expert in operations. So we're we're we still are the board of Genera Health Direct. And when people ask me about it, why did you do that? Um, I felt that involving a team would accelerate the journey of Genera. I was also very passionate about creating something that could expand. I didn't see myself operating as a a solo forever. I felt my ideas and um, passion for really authentic um, and meaningful healthcare. I wanted to template that and scale it. So I felt this group that uh, we formed this uh, Genera Health Direct Board would take us to that. And and I can't say how grateful I am to them for sticking it out with me uh, on this journey as the founder. 
that said, so since we are a team, we, um, part of the Genera experience is a health roadmap. And in the health roadmap, we have a graphic that divides the discussion between uh, proactive medicine and reactive medicine. And I've used that to educate prospective patients about all these other things that can be done to advance your wellness outside of treating the already evident problems of chronic illness or even risk factors such as overweight. I'm talking about things like, what does it really mean to live a high quality life when you're beyond 80 years old? I'm talking about paying attention to sex life and how that plays into longevity. So the most in the blue zones um, in our planet uh, where, where they've seen um, people live beyond 100, those people have uh, follow particular diets that are plant-based. They have, they're active all day and they have a healthy sex life, which is good for both bio, psycho, social, you know, all parts of us. So, so I, I began with that, with this graphic, with, with this, giving people the space to talk about things that a rushed eight-minute um, primary care visit, uh, eight minutes because the reported average of a regular primary care visit is eight minutes. So I was giving them a rich experience um, in terms of looking... 360 on their health. So that was the beginnings of, of the wellness practice still within the direct primary care. And I have to say the blossoming of the wellness practice came, in fact, the major ingredient was the pandemic because I can't see my offering resonating uh, as strongly without the pandemic as with. So recognizing all the all the ugly and the beautiful things from this experience of the COVID, this is one of the most beautiful things. So what happened was I started to offer um, community event and I called it Wellness and Me with Dr. Barga. And I appealed to friends, uh, my patients to come and join and explore their interior life through basic wellness practices. I um, explained it as a session of wellness through breathing and introspection. And it allowed me to connect in a deep way with people without having them reveal too much of themselves to others. Like it was a safe space. I would call it a safe space where um, you could come to the water fountain and get a drink. And then I would lead them through breathing exercises, visualization. And one of the heavier things um, we would tackle is forgiveness. So this is like for me, my definition of what the basis of uh, healthy daily wellness practice would look like. And then give them an opportunity to meet me one-on-one. So, um, you know, with all of the, you know, we're all inside a pressure cooker. And was just my job was to be like the flashlight of the path of uh, the way out of the tunnel. So people started to connect with me one-on-one and it gave me, you know, the dream relationship that I've always wanted with patients where we could go like full spectrum. Some of these patients have their own primary care doctors um, and some of them made me their primary care doctor. So I launched my wellness practice under my brand, Marga Zaraga MD, to just do away with the last bit of paperwork um, when it comes to healthcare. So I have a mix of people in my um, wellness practice or guidance practice um, who have a separate agreement where we basically say our relationship is entirely different from that of uh, regular primary care doctor or medical provider, that I am a life and health coach, but I am not functioning as um, as their medical provider. And so, and and so, with all other things in that in that uh, clear agreement. So, with with empowered with that um, structure, that allowed me. It's like putting fertile soil. 
Um, I, I offer one-on-one sessions, full hour. People choose how often they want to see me. And I, you know, we create roadmaps together. And um, as, again, I am so gifted that I have such very expressive um, patients who have shown very clearly how the work that we do together impacts them. And when I say work that we do together, it's because it definitely is work. You have built a practice that is so unique to yourself, as well as I'm assuming the area, given the community support that you've been describing, especially, you know, a health and wellness with Dr. Marga event that that is that is something that I see a lot of communities lacking uh, these days. I live in rural California where uh, when within the past three years, I think we lost our silver sneakers program. And that was one of the things that we had um, that people were able to uh, partake in. And now with the pandemic, going into a group activity is is very rare these days. And so the fact that you have been able to develop a practice that incorporates uh, personal coaching and wellness during these pandemic times, I can easily see how, how the pandemic is making the drive to, to join you in that journey even stronger. Another aspect of wellness that's been very relevant these days is around healthy weight or concerns over weight loss. Uh, as I most people know, there's what they call the COVID-15 instead of COVID-19. COVID-15, which is the 15 pounds that is on average um, been the documented weight gain in 70% of America, which is a, um, and yet not surprising because like any addiction, there is um, the tendency to be addicted to foods, sugar, um, and a lot of people don't realize or kind of are tuned out to the fact that sugar causes inflammation in the body, especially in excess amounts. Of course, anything excessive will always be uh, have a poor effect on our body's balance. So um, amidst all of this, I myself have had to come to terms with buckling down on my weight because um, at the beginning... Um, you know, I, I, we quite indulged um, in, in um, enjoying food as a family uh, to, to cope. Um, there's a lot of emotional eating going on in our house when this all started. And I was already overweight and I couldn't believe what, when I stepped on the scale after about three weeks or four weeks into COVID, I was one pound shy of being obese. And that was, that was like a slap on the face. Um, not only that, um, remember, I was actually, you know, psyching myself up to continue to treat COVID patients. Um, and so I was thinking to myself, this is now just, this is not about vanity. This is not even about cardiovascular health in the next 20 years. This is about now that I will be at higher risk if I allow this weight problem to continue. And this, uh, it's so what I'm happy to say, fast forward, is with a lot of mental work with my coaches um, and su- consistency in my running practice and really curbing some of these um, psychological reasons why I indulge in um, sweets and um, have disorganization in planning what I eat because I put um, work above my own health. So sorted out and continue to still sort out all of those things. I've developed a program for weight loss, which I like to call Weight Light Living Coach uh, or Weight Light Living Coaching Program where I show innovative and strategic ways around weight loss that involves no dieting and no like tiring exercises. It's all around um, the things that we already know, except it's approached 
in the most effective way. So I've be using myself as an example is like the best thing um, and is the most effective thing really. And so I have patients losing weight, maintaining weight, and um, curbing the trend of weight gain that this pandemic has bought. Um, and it's a way of living. It's a way of thinking. Um, it's a way of wiring, wiring your subconscious to to really reflect on relationship with food. So that's like the the novel thing that I'm um, shedding a light on um, in the wellness program right now. So I'm looking for uh, people to join that uh, group that will be starting in October 1. I have become a huge fan of podcasts. Ever since Sarah Koenig hosted the first season of Serial, I was hooked. Now, creating this podcast has become part of my daily life. While it is an exciting new hobby, I also see it as a privilege that I get to interview so many DPC and direct care doctors. If you are interested in starting a podcast, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's basically everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. When, when I hear about... Uh, DPC docs developing their own uh, unique practices. One yes, of the things yes. that I think about is how do you manage your time, especially knowing that you have a husband, you have two boys. How do you work your your time so it works out for you to be able to see your patients, take care of the people who you are uh, doing personal coaching and wellness with and your family? To, to address the question on uh, time management, I've actually taken on a very conscious effort um, with the help of coaches. So I like to share that because it's to reinforce that I practice what I preach because people come to me for guidance. I want them to know that people guide me too. And I have one specific person. Um, she's my business coach, um, Jenny Reyes. And she knew what was important to me, what drives me. So she also knew that I needed somebody to arrange all of these priorities um, appropriately. So we would um, go through together through a process where I list all the things that... Um, I'm interested in that inspires me the opportunities and then basically rank them not only by one criteria but several and this centers on the financial gain from these uh, business ventures um, all the way to what energizes me and what inspires me what's most aligned with my values and so then it becomes very clear um, where I should put my time at this moment. And the whole point of evaluating and re-evaluating that just makes for a logical step to acceleration. And that's why um, the, the progress has been what it's been. In relation to family, I also have chosen to view time with family and work as block times. So what do I mean by block times? For example, you know, committing the attention to the, the task or the person at hand, meaning not feeling guilty and splitting my mind between, oh, I'm not with my family. Just focus and do your best at the time um, meant for the work and at the time meant to bond with the family and just be all out 100% into that. And so... My husband and I, like, for example, we had one of my um, recent, uh, uh, he would call it a meltdown because he thought I was uh, uh, mad at him. But I was actually just frustrated that I missed dinner once because I lost track of time. And so, you know, he, I, I'm, I'm, again, one of the 
one of my big um, blessings is my husband likes to cook. He loves food. He likes to cook. And so he's the one in charge of the logistics of dinner. And I'm the one who has clients after five. So um, we made an agreement that I expressed that this was important time for me. So, you know, we worked together to coordinate that more efficiently with this whole work from home deal. Um, in addition to that, I was going to uh, share like one beautiful habit that my children and I have, which is I call it a hug break. It's really a hug and a kiss. So throughout the day, I stop by the their study room and um, we get uh, uh, like a real uh, meaningful uh, hug and a kiss um, to my 13-year-old and my 7-year-old. And it's not, so it's not like, you know, in passing uh, two milliseconds and then off to the next task. It's really, I'd like to tell my um, younger uh, son, his name is Rafa. So I say, where's Rafa? And it's because I mean that he should, his eyes should meet mine so that we can connect before I hug him. And so, so that's always been fun. And it's a, it's a real nice break where I feel physically connected to them amidst um, the, the, the melting pot of work and home life in this uh, environment. That's great. As, as a mom myself, I, I just got really, I got, I got a warm feeling when you said that <laughs> about the hug break, because that's one of the things that I enjoy about being home more is that I get yeah. to spend a lot more time with my son. That That's, that's wonderful that even at seven and 13, that you are making it a point to n- have your kids know that you are absolutely there for them and that you love them so much. Yes. Yes. And I, um, one of my struggles has been to keep my block time with my 13 year old. We actually decided to take an online speed reading course together so again, very, very work from home pandemic online do it with your kids. So, you know, you, we have to evolve and we have to, you know, rather than keep on reacting like this is not what I'm used to. Um, the reality is, and I say this to my patients, the reality is change is always happening and um, our subconscious doesn't like change, but you know, we have to take charge of our subconscious and say, you know, you're doing this. I'm the boss. You follow me. Just a wellness bit there. So I want to shift now to your physical location. When you opened your doors, you initially had two locations, both in Plymouth and Needham, Massachusetts. Yes. And since the pandemic, you have focused on your practice in Needham and closed your doors in Plymouth. Can you tell us about that experience? Yes. So this is very private practice, um, real estate question, and it's very pertinent. Um, I signed a lease um, for, uh, uh, what was it, uh, six rooms in Plymouth um, in 2019. And uh, the DPC practice recruitment as was slow going at that time. And you know, we, it was, it was a huge expense and we were not, um, we were not uh, in the green in that situation. So um, the Needham, the Needham practice came about because there were um, patients who, you know, drove all the way to Plymouth who would appreciate a closer um, location. So a chiropractor, my chiropractor, um, opened his doors to me and uh, basically shared his office for the, his downtimes. He would have a perfect Wednesday where he wasn't working there. So um, he charged me a, a minimal fee. He knew that I was starting out. He knew that it was a bit of a struggle. Um, so that was, you know, I guess my luck. Um, I like to tell people what I'm up to so they know, you know, he didn't know that I opened practice just like that. He actually was part of encouraging me because he himself was in private practice for years. So as his patient, he would share those stories with me, um, you know, you know, questions about uh, 
him changing billers and whatnot. So it was it was a uh, a really nice close relationship with my chiropractor that when I in, in my time of need, he you know you never know what relationship will come through for you. So I was very grateful for him for giving me that second location because it made so many days of my job easier when it came to a particular subset uh, who took advantage of having that location. So pandemic hit and um, no, I took out a business loan to uh, basically make this practice possible for me. And pandemic hit, um, I, I didn't tell you this before, but um, we were actually entertaining um, converting that six-room unit to um, a work share space. So an agency was supposed to come up um, and, you know, in, I, I guess what I'm trying to share with you is you, this spirit of you keep looking for solutions to uh, minimize your overhead and the pandemic hit. So that conversation was, you know, shelved and I came clean with the landlord and essentially they were very sympathetic and because of the frontliners, you know, this big sacrifice of of working during this uh, COVID, in I and they knew that I too was uh, working in the nursing home. I think part of the part of it was really um, understanding the plight of a doctor in solo practice, um, and the other part of it was they also didn't feel comfortable having the idea of a primary care office where COVID patients could be coming in because everybody else around me was a business office. So it became a mutual agreement to um, suspend the lease earlier than it was. And that was a huge blessing for me. Uh, So we closed the Plymouth office and, you know, right now I'm, uh, of course, things are changing month to month, but there's really been no demand for live or it's not enough to sustain um, taking on a new lease elsewhere. Um, and the few elderly patients who I felt need more TLC, I've done home visits. And again, it's just a small panel, but you know, for me, a relationship is a, is a relationship. So... Um, I all I said I I'd rather um rather than resume in an office I'd rather do the home visits but again these are very specific to my situation because of my mixed various mixed roles that I play yeah so that's one one way that I've coped with that yeah Stay with us we'll be right back Thank you to Spruce Health for supporting the MyDPC Story podcast. The ways we communicate have changed dramatically over the past decades, but technology and tools in healthcare have not kept pace. Patients want more access and digital convenience, as well as the ability to text their care teams. Care teams are inundated with more communication and rising expectations, but are still using tools and technology stuck in prior decades. Spruce Health created a solution for the tech-forward DPC practice by creating a communication product designed to serve both the patient and the doctor through intuitive HIPAA-compliant workflows, tagging, scheduled messages, and triage templates ready for use, whether you're on your phone or in the exam room. New users get 20% off for the first 12 months of a paid plan with code MARYAL20. That's M-A-R-Y-A-L-2-0. So check out Spruce Health today at sprucehealth.com or check out the link in the show notes. Yeah, it's, it's a very good representation of what is happening in different communities all over the country in yeah. terms of patients are afraid of COVID. They're yes. acting different with regards to how they seek medical care. And so that is really so fortunate that your landlord was sympathetic to yes. your, you know, your situation yes. specifically. And that is just something that, you know, you can't be anything but grateful for when, yes. when you look back at, you were able to continue your practice 
not have that overhead, not have that headache of what are you going to do with that space? Yes. But I definitely agree in that as in the mindset of a DPC doctor, you're always trying to, to cut your losses and, and still give the best care. So that's great that you've been able to morph your practice into one location in Needham plus home visits yes. and telemedicine visits yes. on top yes. of the personal wellness. But yeah. Majority of it is, is really virtual right now. Um, sure. I, I have to say I did uh, one, uh, yeah, a couple of walking appointments. It was really fun. Um, I found the trail. I just wanted to share this. This was a direct primary care patient. Um, yeah, I uh, was. It, it was suggested by a friend of mine who was an athlete. She says, "Why not make a walk, walking appointment?" So I have nearby. Again, very lucky. I'm like five minutes away from from my home in the next town. There's a a nice park that you can walk for thirty minutes in. A, you know, with a nice at a nice pace. So. Yeah, we made a cardio event out of meeting each other for the first time live. We both had our masks and we were watch- we were social distancing outdoors. So it, it made for uh, a really interesting uh, primary care appointment. I also want to say that, you know, that the how my landlord, um, you know, came through for me um, was on the basis and a foundation of trust that we really worked hard to establish. Um, from the get-go, um, me and my husband would constantly update and be in touch with the building manager. Um, the what we were doing, uh, they because uh, and they they too, you know, reciprocating our effort. They too told us that you know people, uh, businesses in hardship usually they kind of just run and hide, you know. <laughs> Uh, and that's, you know, it's all about integrity and relationship in business. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy to say that when I, I received what I gave in this situation. So, so that worked for me. I love that. That was your experience with your landlord. And I also got a huge kick out of hearing about your walking visits. That's, <laughs> that's a great idea, especially when people are um, in in these different states of cabin fever, yes. cabin fever these days. Yes. Mark, I want to ask you some yeah. rapid fire questions. Yes. First question is, do you have any tech or tools that you use and love in your practice? Uh, one of my favorites is Spruce. Um, so that's a secure communication platform where I can communicate anything from simple messages, pictures, files, lab results, direct to my patient's um, phone through the app of Spruce. Um, it also allows me to schedule messages that um, that. Uh, promote wellness um, or have them stay engaged with me as a primary care doctor. So we time all of our, we mm. call it a Monday check-in. So 9 a.m. or at least a weekly check-in. We we send out um, messages of different wellness content, every, anything from hydration to um, longevity um, and exercise. So um, those are one one of the cool things on Spruce. I can also have a chat with my staff specifically about a patient because there's um there's a team based uh, window and there's the patient based window. So if I basically uh, so me and my staff have a code. If I type the word response, they have a way of flagging that where they are the ones running after the patient to respond to a particular question like. Um, they went out of state and they need a, a lab done. Um, I, I need to know whether they actually went for it so that we could watch for the results. So I, I love how we have the, I've set up protocols. Like if I type response, you know what to do. Like, I don't have to say, please ask the patient to. <laughs> so the, that means the assistant will read, will read what the, um, the conversation is. And then I have type response and then they, it's flagged for them too. So there's a way of flagging a task for a staff member. And there's a nice little um, bullet that says if it's done or not done. I've also have a habit with my staff of 
typing the letter C, like to confirm that they saw the task, but it's not yet done. So these are just kind of like the, the things that make things flow really quickly. Yeah. Jumping from how you use Spruce, do you have any resource or resources that you recommend to others? Yes. Um, uh, as I said, uh, I work with uh, virtual assistants and I'm a big fan of um, guiding other business owners in how to best maximize um, the relationship with a virtual assistant. I've been networking with a lot of entrepreneurs. So when I find someone who is willing to explore um, an, a relationship with a virtual assistant, um, my husband's agency, Nova North Vista, um, has uh, a team of virtual assistants um, who's, who are highly capable professionals. Uh, I chose to work with professionals based in the Philippines um, because of personal relationship, and it's only served me well. We were able to find uh, tools to secure um, information and, and thus be able to create this team of uh, work-from-home um, personnel. And I started with one, and I'm happy to say now I, I have two virtual assistants. And uh, on the personal side, the ones that ended up working with me, they're both moms with kids. And so, you know, that's that's a bond right there. You always have to find some inspiration, you know. And, and I, I'm just very pleased that I can support um, families right now um, in the Philippines, at least in this small way um, of sustaining my relationship with them. And they, and they have, you know, they have helped me immensely. And by building that relationship, I would assume it's a long-term relationship for both you and the moms who are your virtual assistants. The which is yes, the second one just joined us during the pandemic. Maybe she's only on month two, and mm -hmm. but the first one has worked with me. I, I, like she and I couldn't believe it. It's like we've been working for two years together. It's like whoa, you know. So very happy about that. What do you tell people who are right at the point of jumping into the DPC world but might need one last push? Uh, you have to uh, plan, but also give a deadline yourself for the planning. You have to start the doing. Um, for me, the, the last key portions of the plan was to come up with, um, you know, backup savings for the times of of um, a gap, financial gap from waiting for patients to come in. If you have that in place is one. Um, and second, I would surround yourselves with people who have succeeded um, in their own individual way of launching their own business and work off from that vibe and inspiration. In other words, staying in an employed position is not going to get you closer to your goal. And, oh, but this is the most important. Um, really understand that your business is a reflection of your own personal growth. I can't say that enough. I could talk about that for 60 minutes. People may not realize that their success in business really truly reflects what's happening internally in their own contemplative life. And the the power that comes from that in putting out something that's transformative for others and impacting your own growth is like the, the most satisfying feelings uh, that medicine and healthcare has brought to me. And I can't say enough about that. The idea that you have found what a lot of doctors are finding these days who are making the jump to DPC, where personal growth is tied to your business model, is something that I find a lot of people are using to motivate them every day because it's something new for doctors, especially who had gone into fee-for-service models 
versus private practice yes. that was uh, separate from the RVU generating system. Yes, yes. What you've shared today, which is extremely valuable for people to hear, what is the best way for others to reach out to you? Uh, thank you so much. Um, uh, for my guidance practice, I go under my name, Marga Zaraga, MD. That's Marga is M as in mama, A-R-G-A. Zaraga is Z as in zebra, A-R-R-A-G-A-M-D. Um, that's also my website, margazaragamd.com. Um, our phone number is 508-591-0655. So that's from my guidance practice. And for my direct primary care practice, that falls under Genera Health Direct, which is Genera is G-E-N-E-R-A, um, Health Direct. And our website there is www.generamd.com, uh, G-E-N-E-R-A-M-D.com. Our phone number is 508-591-0655, and people should feel comfortable texting or calling. Um, go straight to me and my small team. So very personalized service either way. Thank you so much, Dr. Zaraga, for joining us today. All the best in continuing to thrive in your DPC. Next week, look forward to hearing from husband and wife team, Drs. Jake and Christina Much of Defiant DPC in Williamsburg, Virginia. Until then, this is Marielle Conception. For more information on this episode and much more, please visit mydpcstory.wixsite.com slash my site. That's mydpcstory.wixsite.com forward slash M-Y-S-I-T-E.